Welcome to episode 13 of Pull Up with Miles and Owen. I'm Miles Ehrlich here with Owen Pence, and we're really excited for another conversation today. We've got Megan Perry, the director of basketball for Athletes Unlimited. Uh, Megan's got tons of uh, broadcasting experience with work for Bally Sports, CBS Sports Network, ESPN. Megan's also had front office experience in both the W and the NBA, including some time managing the WNBA's player personnel. And she was involved in the formation of the WNBA's Executive Player Committee, which helped to amplify voices in the business planning process. So first off, thanks for joining us, Megan. Thanks for talking to us today. Oh, my pleasure. I always enjoy talking to hoops, and so I'm excited for our conversation. Well, I wanted to start with your stacked resume, actually, because I think so much of your experience translates to the unique amount of athlete community engagement with Athletes Unlimited. So how much of a draw was the structure of AU in relation to some of your experience with player relationships and also how the league deals with local charities as well? Oh, it, it's been everything. I mean, um, Athletes Unlimited is really, for me, I'm right in my element. I uh, will rewind a bit and say, you know, I've been working in basketball and women's sports um, for over 15 years now. Um, so date me a little bit. Don't do the math. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, a, it's always been a passion of mine. And I've had a desire to continue to, I say, just like give back and serve uh, to the game that's been so good to me. So like I played college basketball. I spent some time as well working at the NBA and WNBA in the league office. Um, and so I felt like I really had a solid business background, understanding of the business of basketball. And I've always enjoyed uh, building the player relationships um, and helping, you know, ensure smooth operations all the way around. So when the opportunity with Athletes Unlimited came up, I was excited about it because I really think, or I was attracted to it because of how forward thinking Athletes Unlimited is. I really think that Athletes Unlimited is where the market is headed, uh, but we've already arrived. And so I love the creativity and I'm all, I've always been super passionate about making sure that we are servicing and amplifying the voices of athletes because they are savvy business leaders. And I don't think that their voice is um, recognized, right? And utilized enough. And so the business model at Athletes Unlimited, where it's player centric um, and really athletes first is something that I'm excited to explore because I really think it's what we need to help grow the game. I love that. And how exactly did your your relationship with AU start? Because uh, I totally agree with that just being kind of their, their central mission, but um, so much of it is player led. So to hear some of the, the back end on the other side is fascinating. Yeah, well, so prior to me joining Athletes Limited, I actually spent some time with the organization called the Sports Innovation Lab, um, where their CEO is Angela Ruggiero. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but her resume is pretty stacked as a four-time Olympic gold medalist <laughs> in hockey. Um, but I, I came on board a, a Sports Innovation Lab, um, and I was, their, I was their vice president of executive engagement and women's initiatives. And it's a really long title to say that I spent a lot of time there focused on two things. One, uh, forming what was called our Women's Sports Executive Network. So I was working with um, thought leadership, industry executives um, across sports, media, entertainment, technology um, to really gather them and talk about like, how do we bring fans closer to the game? What's happening in the space? Like we released a report called the Fan Project Report uh, that I worked with uh, some colleagues to kind of oversee. And it was all about 
how fans are engaging in women's sports. And I'm saying that because like the nerd in me, um, I really care a lot about that. I really care about how we're growing the fan base and the tools that we're utilizing. And through that network and that process, I actually met John Patrickoff. He was a member of our women's sports executive network. Um, and so I learned a lot about how he was thinking about um, Athletes Unlimited and some of the things that they were le leaning into at Athletes Unlimited aligned with the data um, and everything that we were sharing with the industry in the fan project report. It talked about, you know, how super savvy and digitally native women's sports fans are and how Athletes Unlimited is leaning into that in those digital communities. You know, how women's sports communities love merch, love to rep their teams and their squad, and they're very like cause focused and respond to a lot of those um, elements when you engage them. Um, and, and I just felt like Athletes Unlimited got it. I could see how they were building the business to align with what People in the women's basketball community have known for a long time, if you've been around, like you felt some of these things, um, but we actually had data to support it and they were activating it. So that's a really long-winded answer for kind of like how I got connected. It was really through meeting John through the Women's Sports Executive Network at Sports Innovation Lab and just loving how he was activating the, the model. There are so many hoops that this one I've heard players both at AU and also we'll talk a little bit about Unrivaled because Stewie said this to, to me a couple of weeks back, but there's so many, so many hoops that players need to jump through when it comes to things like merch, uh, yeah. when it comes to licensing. And I think that that's something that AU has done so well. Also just the, the, the social and the marketing team at AU is just phenomenal. And that's across all sports, not just on the hoop side. Um, so I really love to hear that because that the players know what they would want if they were fans. But in the WNBA, they don't necessarily have the room to let that be known or the infrastructure is maybe too large to really make the the impact. Uh, my only thing with AU is I was like, what, what color shirt should I get? Because it changes every week. So I try to get a player jersey. Um, but you're also going to work closely with Lexi Brown, Kirby Burkholder, and Rebecca Harris, all of whom are on the Players Executive Committee. How do these three players, who have each played uh, in each of the first two AU campaigns, just exemplify exemplify the league's mission? Yeah, well, I also have to add to, to that list Sydney Colson as well. Um, good old vet Sid. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm so excited and have really enjoyed the time that I've got to spend with our Players Executive Committee, right? They are the core of uh, Athletes Unlimited. And the, if people aren't familiar with the structure, the Players Executive Committee, um, they are involved in every detail of what we what we do um, to put the product on the floor from everything from, you know, selecting the, the jerseys and where we play and building the roster, like they're in it. So it's been great to work with um, the members of our Players Executive Committee, like you said, chaired by Lexi Brown, because um, we're, I get some insight into just like, not only like how they're thinking about the game, um, but additionally, like they're representing the player pool. And like, so you get a, a pulse and a feel for like what players are thinking and feeling on the ground and feeling like you're really like impacting and changing things directly. It's really refreshing to um, be able to talk to other basketball minds as well. Cause sometimes, it, you know, my experience in sports is there's, there's often there's bus business minds and there's basketball minds and you want to find that like healthy point in the middle. Right. And I feel like at athletes unlimited unlimited, that's what we're doing on a weekly basis 
basis. Um, I meet with our, our PEC, the Players Executive Committee, and we're able to do just that. We're able to bring together the, the issues on the business and basketball side and work through those. Um, and, and it's fun just to see for someone like me. I mean, I played back in the day, but the game has changed and evolved so much. So to understand kind of like where their heads are and what their priorities are, um, it, it lets me know that like, uh, I'm serving the game in the right way and, and that we're on the right track, if that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so we had Lexi on, on the pod a few months back and she talked about how Athletes Unlimited enabled her to also take a job uh, in the WNBA offseason as an yeah. ACC analyst, yeah. an opportunity which she would have had to forfeit um, if she had had to play overseas. So from all your time around the women's game, both on the league and the broadcasting side, do you feel like there's been growth in terms of that pipeline? Um, I do. I do. And I think um, it, it's going to continue to grow. And so what I what I like is that there's more opportunities on the table for women's basketball players to be able to evolve as a whole person. So, right, like there's more opportunities to play, which we love. We want to grow the game however we can. Um, to play domestically specifically, right? Like that's what AU is all about. But our week is, our, our season is only five weeks, which allows players the flexibility to continue to build their brands in the off season of the WNBA um, and, and something that like to grow them professionally, I guess as well, right? And so in the past, they haven't had that option. It has literally just been basketball 365 days uh, a year, right? And then when you come to the end of your career, you're looking around like, well, what other skill sets have I built, right? Who else do I have in my network, maybe outside of my coaches and players? Athletes Unlimited helps them find that balance. And I think overall, not just being an athlete, but being like the awesome humans that these women are, um, I I think that it's a platform that's just only accelerating them being seen as the dynamic women that they are and being able to practice and do more than one thing at a time. Like that's what actually athletes specialize in, like especially student athletes, right? Take it all the way back to college. They can do more than one thing at a time. They can study and they can play, right? And like they can play the game and then they can figure out what else they want to do off the court. And Athletes Unlimited, what's special about what we do is we support that, right? Through our programming, through our impact initiatives, through cool things like a, we have an innovation um, summit co- collective where we're like bringing in uh, tech startups and industry leaders to talk with female athletes about, you know, like what's next? What do they like? What could be different? Where do they want to see the market go? Um, that's really what makes you, the experience unique. And, and I think is pushing the market forward. I think that's such a good point, too, because we get so caught up in the basketball of it all that that we do forget that these players have so much more to offer. And we're seeing so many players jump into broadcasting in the WNBA offseason or Jewel Lloyd joining the pickleball tour. It's like there's no limit to, to what these players can accomplish, which leads me perfectly into my next question. We've been talking a lot about player empowerment and you sort of just answered part of this but what do you feel makes athletes unlimited so different from other sports leagues in terms of player empowerment um i think it's literally that the athletes are the decision makers um and and that that's literally the 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 
the defining factor for Athletes Unlimited. It is a space where they are involved, like I said, of every element. Um, it is, you know, we have 44 roster spots uh, within AU Hoops, uh, right, with our basketball uh, roster size. And it's, it's an intimate community with that. So you're getting to know everyone and everyone's touching just about every part of the process. Um, what, the other thing that makes, you know, Athletes Unlimited, I think, unique is just the fact that, like, when we come into the community, yes, we're playing games, but we're engaging the community. Like, we lean heavy into things that matter to our athletes and d- the data shows that um, to our to our athletes and as well as to the fan base, um, they care a lot about causes, cause marketing, impact initiatives, and Athletes Unlimited is listening and we are engaging and activating around things that are important to the players off the court. Um, and it's not just like, it's not a day here or a day there. I mean, it's for the entire season. Um, at the end of the season, part of um, the players' earnings, right? Athletes Limited makes a donation to the players' causes. I mean, like, what other league is out here doing that, <laughs> you know, to for, for every single player? So I, I just think when we think about Athletes Limited, it's how we're supporting the athletes as a whole um, while they're, you know, with with our family, I call it. So uh, that's what I think makes them special and, and really makes the potential, um, the upside and potential for the growth of this league uh, so tremendous. Something that I learned last year, uh, I believe I was talking to Alexia, it might have been somebody else, but was that the uh, their approach to charities changed when the venue changed, when, when they went from Vegas to Dallas. And some players looked at this as an opportunity to get involved with a new community that wasn't necessarily their own, where, where I thought they were just saying, going to say, okay, this charity has been important to me for a long time, and this is back home, and this is a chance for me to give back. But some players took this as an opportunity to get to know an, a new community and and to kind of make a footprint wherever the league was going. So I kind of have a two-part question there. One, is the plan still to remain in Dallas, or is this part mm-hmm. of a tour? Uh, and two, uh, what have you kind of seen uh, from in talking to the players? Because I know it hasn't been super long yet. Um in terms of their approaches and their different approaches to how they are engaging with community? Yeah, well, I guess I would say to the first part of your question, um, you know, I'm about a month into the gig, so uh, we're still like exploring options for exactly where we want to be able to host our our third season, right, coming up in 2024. Um, and so I, I wish I could share, but I can't quite share exactly where we'll be for 2024. Um, I think Dallas was very kind to us, and so was uh, Las Vegas. Um, but I just want to make sure we're, you know, we're finding the venue that meets, you know, all of our needs and figuring that out. Doesn't mean that Dallas is not an option, the options on the table, but um, we're still looking to figure out, you know, what the best fit is uh, for AU for this upcoming season. Um, and so even though with that, when we think about that and step back, um, I think when I when I took the job and started thinking about Athletes Unlimited and what's most important, when you step back, it's all about growing this game. And growing the game doesn't mean that you have to be stuck in one place. There is such high demand, right, for women's basketball, like we here domestically, internationally, like globally, the game is growing. And there are fan bases all across the United States of America that want to get closer to our athletes, that want to experience them. And part of growing the game is sharing that with different communities. And so I think that's what's really cool about um, what we've seen from Athletes Unlimited thus far is how we're able to go into communities and like kind of like garner additional interest and help build that. And when you think about the long-term growth of just the game in general, like we're contributing to that growth and that trajectory and in the right, um, in the right way. Um, And so 
from our from our players, I think what excites them is the opportunity to grow their fan bases as well, right? If you think about it as an athlete, if you're going into, they've already been to two different markets, um, that's additional fan bases that they're able to engage with and, and expose to uh, who they are and what they do well. And once you experience it, um, it's very highly likely that you will return and you'll, that you'll follow. So players get that. They recognize that and they're fully embracing that. And players... It, it comes through in just their interactions with one another, with their fans. Um, year one, I spoke to Tosh Cloud, who said this was the most fun that she's had playing professional basketball and that it feels like AAU, basically, because your friends are in the stands, you play your game and then you go sit on the side and, and cheer for other friends that are then still playing. Uh, family can come watch. There's really no no gap between fans and players because they're all sitting in the same arena in the same stands. Um, and, and that sentiment has kind of been shared over and again, but yeah. in terms of on court, it's, it's not just like these are players that are going out there and, and just like playing pickup. There's so much structure. Uh, and as an alternative to overseas play, AU hoops has in just two years carved out a lane for player development. Like you said at the top, Kelsey Mitchell and Alicia Gray are all-stars. Uh, Melissa Smith and Jordan Canada have taken a leap this W season. How mm-hmm. does this environment, which on paper looks like it could be less structured, help these al- these athletes to gain confidence in their games? Is it the lack of typical team structure, maybe, part of what cultivates that confidence? Um, uh, that's, that's a great question, you know, like, uh, I don't want to speak for the players themselves, but what what I would say, just in my observations, is that um, I think Athletes Unlimited takes a bit of the pressure off, right? In the sense of it's something new. We have a traditional format in the sense of it's five on five basketball. It's for five weeks. Come in, lace them up, give it your best shot. Um, and the idea that um, we're kind of incentivizing competitive play through uh, the format, which is, you know, four different teams. Um, there's captains that draft different teams every week and you are competing for like the best spot on the leaderboard. So we're, we're rewarding individual performances and team performances. And what you said about like the community aspect, um, I think is something that's important. I talk a lot about, or I hear a lot about thus far about the culture of Athletes Unlimited. And it's all been positive, good vibes. Uh, you know, Natasha Cloud and what she's helped start with with AU, I think um, salute to her for helping foster a lot of that. But I think like when players feel good, they play well, <laughs> right? I think it's literally that simple. Like they're there, they can get extra reps, they're feeling comfortable and they the confidence that comes with realizing your full potential. Um, when, when you have opportunity. And I think that's actually what this is all about, right? We're creating opportunity domestically for some of the best players in the world, right? Like we're talking about elite professional talent to be able to, to show up and bring their game, right? For five weeks. And that's that's what our play, that's they're responding to that um, and favor, favorably. And I'm not surprised that we see like, potentially like breakout seasons from people like Jordan Canada, right. And what Melissa Smith did and um, you know, the list goes on and on, but um, I think it's just because of they're getting more reps (laughs) Uh, and they're in a space where they can grow within a community community that they're familiar with. Right. And all those intangible factors, they matter. They really matter overall to the player. And so we want to continue to like embrace that because we want more of that. 
And I realized I'd be remiss if I didn't add uh, Dijonet Carrington to that too, because Dijonet's oh, yeah. growth just through, and like so much of it is just seeing the confidence grow in AU. And that started season one with her, her and Tosh had Tosh and A was a thing where, where the two of them would always play together, where Tosh would always draft Dijonet. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of seeing those relationships then trickle through yeah. to the W side has been really cool as well. Um, but having been lucky enough to cover a weekend in each year, first Vegas, then Dallas, yeah. the growth in terms of production was fantastic from year one to year two. What new ideas do you have in store for season three? Are there any exciting things planned to grow the league that you could talk about already? Um, uh, well, so I'll say like my focus coming in um, right now is to one that we're, and, and I'll say it's not just me, right? I'm working in collaboration with our players executive uh, committee. So working with Lexi and Sid and Kirby and Rebecca um, to formulate, putting one, the best possible product on the floor. So we are heavy into recruiting um, and building our roster to making sure that we're in a space where we want players um, to continue to feel welcomed and to be cons- to be excited about um, the off season, right? Where we're positioned right now, the off season outside of the WNBA. Um, and when I think about growing Athletes Unlimited and what uh, the basketball space looks like. Um, we've talked a lot about making sure that Athletes Unlimited is thought of, like one top of mind is the destination, right? A destination so that our athletes know that year in and year out, this is where I'm going to come. This is where I know I can be, I can grow. Um, I can continue to like, you know, finesse my game um, in, in a community that I want to be a part of. And so um, it, while it's not like so specific, I can't share specific initiatives right now, but what, I'm, what I want to communicate is that we're working to grow this as a destination. So you know every year where to be, when to be there, um, and what to expect uh, as far as like the product on the floor, continuing to raise the bar with that night in and night out. Like we're so excited about, you know, we've had a healthy relationship with with the WNBA and the players that have been able to, to come and experience AU. We had, you know, a number of AU players that are all stars this year, and we want to continue to grow um, the talent that that we that we have and we're putting on the floor. So I would say right now our focus is making sure that we are shaping um, Athletes Unlimited as the destination um, for domestic play in the offseason of the WNBA. So speaking of this landscape during the WNBA offseason, Brianna Stewart and Nafisa Collier recently announced that they are creating their own uh, player-led women's basketball league starting this winter called Unrivaled. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said Unrivaled can create an opportunity for some of the world's top talent because it's not dealing with prioritization, not being overseas. Do you think that these two leagues can coexist without oversaturating that time period during the, the offseason of the W, especially with college hoops also going on? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I'll say that, um, you know, when we when we when I heard uh, of the announcement about Unrivaled, I was in my first week here with Athletes Unlimited. And um, what I what I continue to say is like there is overwhelming demand for elite, right, elite professional women's basketball talent. And the more opportunities that we can have for these women to to play, the more exposure it gets. Overall, it's good for the growth of the game like we certainly welcome that. And so as far as coexisting, I mean, there's so many different things. I, don't, I won't speculate too much because I don't know all the details exactly of what Unrivaled is planning. They've announced some, but not all um, of the information. And so 
they're two drastically so far what I can tell different formats, right? And offering their kind of like a three on three and a one on one, I believe, versus mm-hmm. AU, which is five on five. Um and you know we we run for five weeks um so like there's some format differences which might provide some different offerings for players but i think there's space for everyone and what i do know is like there's a fan base that is hungry (laughs) for more women's basketball um so given that you know within the wnba season there's only 144 roster spots and we're proud of the work that we've been doing to offer more opportunities we have 44 roster spots to offer and we hope to be able to grow that in the coming years um but i do think there's space because of the overwhelming demand of talent and fans that are like saying quite simply we want more basketball and so we're like full speed ahead embracing that um and and as it should be when you just think about the growth of women's basketball over the past 20 professional women's basketball i mean over the past 27 years like it's time (laughs) it's time to um present players with more options i think that overall just benefits our game Brianna also talked about how they are, they're talking a lot about salaries and how they're looking for these six digit salaries for players in Unrivaled. Um, But she said that she thinks that that's something that could potentially help AU as well. If, if they're raising not the standard, but if they're raising the profile of women playing domestically in the off season, um, that then that could trickle over in terms of sponsorships and in terms of deals. Um, is there any, has there been any talk about any kind of collaboration at all with Unrivaled or is it just let's kind of see what's at in our own, what's working in our own lanes and then kind of revisit that at a, at a later time? Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, we haven't had a chance to, to connect. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to put any words in anyone's mouth about like what their intentions are. Um, but I think what I can say is like that we both are welcoming one another in the shared space and recognize the opportunity, right? It's more of the concept of rising tides lift all boats. Um, and just like you kind of mentioned, right? Like the more that that happens, the more players are compensated, the more sponsorship opportunities, the more this landscape grows. Um, and that's in the best interest of the entire community. So I don't think it's like this league versus that league. I think the beauty of this, and I'd love to kind of also like, you know, remind people that the conversation is about options. We've been screaming for, not we, but the women's basketball community has been screaming for more on options. And it's like, great, look, this is like one of the first seasons where you can see additional options. I mean, we're in season, we'll be approaching season three, right, with Athletes Unlimited. So we've been around and been doing this, but um, uh, we just welcome, we welcome that there is there's additional opportunities and it doesn't mean that they're mutually mutually exclusive necessary necessarily um you know when i think about how players get creative with what they do in the off season perhaps they want to play overseas but that doesn't mean they can't also join au it's about how they're structuring their contracts and really goes back to uh, players having the power and deciding when and where they want to be and how they want to do it and I think what we're offering with with Athletes Unlimited is an incredibly flexible um, option for them to be able to engage possibly um, more than one thing at a time. I um, don't want to speak for my fiance, but I think she'll she'll be happy when I'm not watching WNBL games in Australia in the off season. Oh. So <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy about more stateside hoops personally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one W exec said to me last year that they only wished that AU was a little bit earlier so that they could scout (laughs) some talent before rosters filled in in free agency. 
Mm-hmm. How much how much input do you get from people within the league as well, or are you mostly just dealing on the player side? Um, I'm, it's a balance of both, you know, kind of a fine line that I walk in that, uh, you know, my background, like I said, I'm still very friendly and close to a lot of executives that I used to work with at the WNBA and the NBA front offices. And, um, I welcome and value their feedback, um, you know, and so I'm listening, I'm listening, uh, to what they have to say, um, and balancing that with their priorities that are, you know, PEC shares and what they're comfortable with, um, and, and finding and striking that right balance. Uh, I recognize their hunger, right, to see to see these players play it as soon as possible. And so we're taking that into account. Um, and as we're, you know, building the schedule um, for the upcoming season and narrowing in on the, the dates, um, we definitely are taking that into consideration because we want to be able to welcome and benefit the entire basketball community. I mean, I'm all for collusion. I'm all for players recruiting at AU and making that a spectacle. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. Um, and I was thinking one of my frustrations during season one was that AU felt like this, like dirty secret that the W was not affiliating with, right? Like the, the W was not promoting AU and then fast forward to season two and it's available on league pass. Um, obviously the same awesome Cheryl swoops, Cindy Brunson broadcast crew is back, but that yeah. that's just kind of folded into the league past subscriptions. Obviously the work with uh, CBS sports network to mm-hmm. put these games on TV, but in seeing that partnership grow from one year to the next, because I, I will, I will not speak for you, even though I'm sure you've been on, you've been in those conversations before, but the W does not always like to share its product or, or does not always like to expand its horizons. Um, so just in seeing that growth from year one to year two, not that AU needed that to legitimize itself within the, the basketball space, but in terms of making it more accessible to WNBA fans, how is that kind of just an example of the, the growth that we've seen in this space in just two years? I think it speaks volumes. And I'll say from Athletes Unlimited, um, our perspective, like the WNBA, they've been tremendously welcoming and warm. And we are excited about the relationship that we've been building with the WNBA. Um, And I think that's only appropriate. I mean, the WNBA, they recognize um, the opportunities that exist in the offseason and how it benefits the growth of the overall game. Um, And that's what I think really is so special about the women's basketball community. Like we're not competing with one another. We are all working together, right? We have a common goal um, and that's continuing to grow this game and grow the value of women's basketball, right? On the on the business side. Um, so being welcomed to the WNBA through League Pass and having that additional um, opportunity to share Athletes Unlimited basketball, I think is significant. And I think that's something that we want to continue to talk with the WNBA about and additional ways to to engage, to help one another. Um, you know, like I had a chance to um, see Kathy Engelbert and some other executives out at WNBA All-Star a few weeks ago. Um, and the conversation is nothing but warm and kind and how we can continue to collaborate. And so, you know, we welcome that the open doors that exist there. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and I just wanted to end on something a little bit, a little different, uh, because you talked at the, at the top about, uh, about just how data and, and how that's so important to you and that your, your draw was kind of initially on that side. And I think that that 
sits well with both me and Owen because we are constantly just diving into to stats and are all about that. But that's kind of what the appeal for AU has been for me. It, it's almost like fantasy sports, but happening in real time with the with the scoreboard, with, with just the updating scoreboard, but also with the way that all the points are structured. Yeah. My, my initial hesitation was going to be in players that would be selfish is probably the wrong word, but trying to get theirs in terms of trying to climb up the leaderboard. But the opposite has been true in my, in my watching where it's like at the end of the day, once the ball goes up, you're just, you're just hooping, right? Like obviously there are the bonuses that are skewed towards winning quarters, towards winning games, but how has the format uh, in your eyes from a data perspective, just changed the way in which you're engaging with basketball because of this structure. I think it's so cool because it gives fans more opportunities to engage, right? Like there's bonuses across uh, additional bonus opportunities, right? For like winning quarters, right? For winning games to reward individual performances and team performances. And what I love about the structure that AU has put in place from like just a pure, like you said, data and stat standpoint is that it brings fans closer to the game. There's reasons to watch. If the score for some reason is lopsided, most of the times fans kind of check out. They're like, oh, like this part, this team's not going to beat this team. But there's more to it. There's more layers that I think uh, AU has put into the game that keeps them engaged because you're watching to see, well, okay, maybe the score is lopsided, but if they win this quarter, right? Like there's additional monies and, and there's additional opportunities and bonuses on the table. Um, and so it's just increased, I think, the level of competition. And I think for the players, it, it allows them to, to continue to be engage right for the full time and that's something that is different it is refreshing and so i want to continue to lean into that um because what we want ultimately is more wage to engage fan bases like and i'll nerd out a little bit with you guys um you know i'm I'm a cornell grad so i love i love the stats and numbers and (laughs) and to be a nerd right for the game but you know when i think about the narrative that had existed in the past about women's basketball, like we need more butts and seats. Okay. Yeah, true. Oh, okay. We're talking about Nielsen numbers and what's on the linear, you know, broadcast and how fans are responding to that. All of that. Yes. is still like important and it plays a role, but there are so many other ways that fans of women's basketball, just women's sports in general, that they're engaging that have not necessarily been captured. And I think the way AU structures highlights that. Um, We talked about like fans being like in these like digital communities, um, but like they're in those digital communities and they're, they're liking things, right? Like talking about just like overall engagement, how they're viewing things, right? And, and the discussions and the communities that pop up because of how we structured our game, that's significant. And so like, I think when AU is so smart <laughs> and what attracted me to this opportunity is how cool they have, des- how, how wonderfully they have designed the game and the format to engage more, right? More fandom and increase the competition. So that's, what's really dope about this. Um, and I'm excited to get to experience it live, um, you know, in my first season and figure out how we can keep it going and grow it. My my favorite moments at AU are yeah when a team is down by twenty but they're losing the quarter or they're they're you know a team is up by twenty but they're losing the quarter twenty to nineteen and they take a timeout with six seconds left to draw something up, uh, which is just the strategy involved. Um, 
yeah, something that I got to experience that you are going to once you're watching these games live <laughs> is I got to hear Courtney Williams explaining the the rules and the scoring to Dijanae Carrington week one last year because she was like upset about falling off of the top four leaderboard and Dijanae was like it's okay she's like no we need this to happen this to happen I want to stay top four um so just all of that strategy that goes into play and and the way that the players engage with it and, and kind of learn it has been really really funny and fun to watch at the same time um so yeah we're I'm really pumped about it um and I know that Owen is. I'm going to drag him out this year because uh, I'm always texting him like, you need to turn on this game right now. You need to see what's happening. Uh, but Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Miles and Owen, you know you have a seat reserved for you. Um, so we can't wait to welcome you, out, welcome you guys out to uh, our third season. Um, and thanks for the conversation. Let's Let's talk more.